What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Cardian Dads. In this episode, we have a huge announcement for the North Florida Kart Club on something that we are going to introduce this year to the club that is also in line with the Maxis Tour that's coming um, to our track. So please stay tuned, and um, I hope you guys like this announcement because for me, it's awesome. It's something we've been working on for the last couple of months. So please enjoy the show. Continue to tell your friends about our show because it is going off like crazy. And uh, we appreciate listening and to all the feedback that you guys are giving us. And we're just trying to make our show better. So thanks again, guys. Enjoy. What's up? What's popping, big brother? Uh, not much, man. Just... Uh, my first question for you was, how good did it feel to be back in the seat and racing with all your friends again? Golly, it was awesome. I mean, it was the perfect way to start the year. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that first local race, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And that configuration made it really, really fun, too, because it was completely new, you know, to me especially, and... You know, going into each corner, you're just trying out different things with racecraft. I mean, you mentioned it. We don't even know where you pass, right? What are the passing opportunities? Um, and just testing things out, seeing people pass you in places that you didn't think they would pass. And then it's like, oh, snap, I could do that too. So that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a, it was a good weekend. Our weather was absolutely perfect. Um 70 what four 75 degrees it was it was nice when the sun was up it was warm when the sun went down behind the trees yeah it got a little chilly but compared to having snow or you know close to freezing temperatures you couldn't ask for a better race weekend yeah it was the weather was amazing i mean had the wife and kids out there and in the morning i was a little worried because i think when we started the day off I thought it would be 60s because the problem with being here in, in Yuli and Fernandina is every time I ask for the weather, it gives me the weather. But, you know, we're only eight miles from the ocean. So it's always a little cooler here. So and it says it said 68 or something. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. But just a little chilly. Maybe I'll, the kids want to wear long sleeves. And I remembered last time we tried that, it was warmer at the track and the kids were perfectly fine. Everybody was good. And like you said, when the... When the sun fell behind the trees, yeah, I mean, you know, they were running around, so they were fine. But it was amazing weather, dude. It was it was solid. I liked it. Yep. So, uh, other than that, man, what's up, dude? Um, I am taking a cue from you because Kelly made fun of you and said, slurp, slurp, hash brown in our group chat. So, I am following your, your lead, and I have a shock top tropical mandarin. Um, brewski that I'm going to be down in during this podcast. Oh, awesome. I have my typical Bud Lights. Um, or Bud Light, I should say. Oh, you only got to do one tonight? What? You're not knocking back three? <laughs> uh, and... What happened? <laughs> no, it uh, quotes to um, our good friend, uh, Mr. Brian uh, Donahue. Um, hash Brown, don't worry about it. <laughs> nice yeah i'm supposed to be supposed to be finishing up packing and cleaning up i got a trip um, home tomorrow i'm flying out to ghana so 
Yeah, that's not, not just, like that's not a trip. That's like a voyage. I mean, I can respect that, but for me, it's I like I always compare it to this. If you lived in Florida and your family was in Washington or in California, you're taking a six-hour flight or a five and a half-hour flight to go see your family in, in you know California for a long weekend or a holiday weekend. For me, it's the same thing. It just so happens it's a nine and a half hour flight <laughs> instead of a six hour flight. But fortunately, I've been doing it, uh, you know, a long time, so the time passes. Yeah, it's my respect for you to be able to like get settled down in life to say, you know what, I'm going home. And yeah, it's something that I think we take for granted in states. Now, the family, like my immediate family, I have live, you know within either Puerto Rico or South Florida or in the Carolinas. And I never got a chance to just like go hang out and see them. Um, because like my family isn't that tight like that. But yeah. you know, if my parents, you know, you, you know how close I am with my dad and my mom. Um, and you know, my in-laws as well. So if like any of them moves to somewhere, you know, within the continental United States, yes, every year I'd fly to them. But right. if they say, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go to uh, Bora Bora or Italy or something and move out there. I'm like, um, <laughs> yeah, have fun, send pictures. You're not going to come visit me when uh, I move to Australia? Unless you have something like really, really cool out there, then no. Oh, that's a lot of <laughs> wicked motorsports in Australia. You will enjoy that. No, uh, no, I'd go see you anywhere, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. Uh, it's just a quick trip home, just five days. Uh, I think it was one of those where, you know, we had talked about it, but just a few things settled down. And, you know, we mentioned last week, crazy busy holidays. And, and the last two years have been crazy for both of us. But I just figured I've settled down enough. I hadn't been home in a while. Uh, I was talking to my dad about something. And then I was like, you know what? My wife has like a test that she needs to finish, but as soon as she's finished with the test, I got like two weeks before tax season starts, and then she's gonna be super busy. So I'm gonna bail and come home for a week before tax season starts. That way I can get it out the way, and then I don't have to think about coming to visit. You know, uh, around Easter or the summer comes up, and the prices get jacked for the summer. That's kind of the all you know the the ticket there for me is prices go up for international travel during the summer. So I always try to avoid well, the summer. Why would prices go late. up in the summertime to go to Africa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. People are on summer break, you know, like it's a vacation time, right? So they figured, yeah, kids are on break. I mean, everybody's going to, you know, college guys are typically out of school, like for all the travel. So prices go up. But um, and, and actually in Ghana, June is our rainy um, season. So it's actually cool. Um, and then same thing in the Southern Hemisphere, too. Um, it's it's winter time whether you're in South Africa or you're you know over in Australia or New Zealand so it's it's just weird like you know the way so your toilets are gonna flush backwards <laughs> yeah so and the water so, drains backwards of the faucet is that true no it's it's not something I can uh, tell you anything about because I don't know Jack about Australia other than the fact that my dad has been there for like two weeks that's it. Well, no, you're, tell you're you, is Ghana's in the southern hemisphere, no? No, Ghana is on the equator. So, like, equator. 
Yeah, so if you... Oh, my God, we're uh, going to do a we, geography lesson right now. Did I even say equator. that right in America? I, 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 said, say, um, I say geography. Equator. Geography. So if you take, you know, <laughs> if you split the world in the two hemispheres, northern and southern hemispheres, Ghana sits right above the line where the split is. And mm. then if you divide it to, you know, you can't say east and west, but longitude zero, Ghana is right on the right side of longitude zero. So prime meridian, which is longitude zero, runs right through like Accra and Tema. Like I used to drive over the prime meridian every day. Um, my dad would drive me to school. Um, and then, you know, the marker zero, zero on the globe is right off the coast of, of Ghana. So, I mean, we could we could paddle out in a canoe if, if you want to, you know, face the ocean. You could paddle out in a canoe out to it. And the fishermen who go out fishing and they cast their net and come back to shore and drag it, they can paddle a canoe all the way out to mile marker zero, zero, and then come back in, which is pretty crazy, thinking about how dangerous those waters are. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, so... I could talk about it. Africa for a long time. No, that, that's cool. No, I, I am so stoked because I've only known you for about three, maybe four years now. And uh, it's really cool here that you're going back home. And I give you major props for that, you know, with everything that's been going on in your life lately, and, you know, and everybody's life lately. But so to change the subject back to carding, because, you know, it's kind of what we like to talk about every now and again. No I way. have a huge, <laughs> huge announcement that I would like to make on carding. Oh, boy. Let's do it. Come on. I have sold my eagle and went to Margay. I'm <laughs> 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 just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, so, something that we have been talking about, you know, on air and off air as well. Because uh, we talk, you know, pretty much every day. Um, we've always been talking about starting a CIK class here in Jacksonville. Yeah. Well, I think it has finally happened now that we have a CIK class here at Jacksonville at 103rd. That we will have our own race. That we will have the choice if we want to run with the Gold Cup um, class, if you want to separate in two different ways. Um, or if we have five or more cards, which we already do have, um, to run CIK, that we will have our own run group. So, with us been traveling, you know, to a couple tracks and trying to get the word out with Carding Dads, not only here in Florida, but, you know, throughout the whole Southeast. Um, the number one response we always get to is that 103rd is, you know, they allow Gold Cup and, you know, we just can't compete with the CIK. Yep. Well, that no longer is going to be true. We have our own CIK 206 class. We will have, um, 10 races left for the year. For this class, uh, it will be up to us to set if we want to do a 206 medium and a 206 heavy, or CIK medium, CIK heavy, however we want to do it, um, it'll be up to us on what weights we want to do and who all wants to run in these races. So, this is something that, like, I am so super excited about, and I, I wanted to tell you this, like, 
three or four hours ago, but I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> like, this is something that's been eating me up. That something that we've like really tried hard for is now coming to fruition. Um, we got approval from the board of uh, the North NFKC, Florida Car Club, baby. the NFKC. They said, hey, as long as you have five carts or more, like I said, which between the friends we have just in Jacksonville, uh, we almost double that, that we will have our own race. So all our friends who race in Ocala and down in Homestead and you know, up in GoPro and everything that says, hey, you know, we, yeah, we'd like to come race with you guys. But, you know, the Gold Cup is, the Gold Cup knows, it just dominates us. And it is no longer going to be an issue. We have our own club race, our own point series now. Um, with Maxis uh, coming to 103rd for a few of their races this year and their Grand National uh, Buddy Long is doing a CIK 360 class like he did at the final race last year. That was successful. Uh, North Florida Kart Club is going to be on top of that and say, hey, you know what? If you if a CIK is where it needs to be to have entries, let's do it. So right now, officially, there's going to be a CIK only class at 103rd for North Florida Kart Club. And I am so excited about it. Dude, I am so stoked. Um, I know Miguel Miguel should probably have gotten first dibs on, on hearing this right before we broadcast because he's one of the few who really wanted this. I mean, he's wanted this badly for the last year or so, you know, and, and yeah, him and his brother. So, like, this is for this is for all of us. You know, this is, you know, the carding. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's just his direction is going and. You know, we've had to fight hard for this and, you know, hopefully the next, you know, local race that's in a couple weeks and, you know, Jim Heinry props to him and I had almost an hour and a half conversation with him today about it is he scheduled uh, all the North Florida cart clubs to not interfere with Bushnell or Ocala Grand Prix races. Yep. So that gives us running CIK bodies a opportunity to say let's go blow this up and come on guys let's come race with us and you know we travel to them hopefully you know they'll listen to this and maybe travel to us Dude, i'm so excited like i, I i'm shaking <laughs> you know like <clears throat> i'm so excited like this is what we wanted yeah, so it's, uh it's, it's gonna dude, be great, I'm, I'm stoked it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be amazing all right so while we're talking about I guess Jacksonville specifically. We started off with the local race, and I don't know if I want to do like all the details of it, but I mean it was fun. I mean it was mad fun, um, including including Heat Two. Yes, including Heat Two. Uh, I forgive I don't know you. What you're talking about. Um, <laughs> but at the end of it, man, it was a lot of fun and. I can't wait to see if we can carry that same sort of momentum. I know your final was a little bit wonky, but you you went for something that you normally wouldn't have gone. You went for like a a hard pass. I mean, that's not a place that you typically would want to force a pass, but you were confident and you tried yeah. it, and that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, that's like one thing that I you know I've talked to you and I've talked to dad, you know, several times. It's like, you know what? If I wanna do this, you know, if I if I wanna compete in carding, right, you have to push the limit of what you can do. You know, and me and you, like we will admit it we'll be the first ones to admit that we are way too nice on the track. Way too yeah. nice. And well, I'm not saying that's what why we get the finishes we get, but it's if we push the issue, like we're more worried about okay. One, is it going to cost me money if I crash? Or two, is it going to keep me away from my wife and kid if I crash? Right? Yeah. So if you want to win races, like you have to delineate that from your mind thinking, right? It's just like, uh, you know, with me having a wrestling background, if I went into a wrestling match knowing I would get thrown or knowing that this guy was going to do this, it, it could hurt really bad, I would lose. If you went into your track meet knowing that, you know, my leg's a little bit sore and I know if I push off with too many foot pounds on this leg, I might tear, you know, a quad, you would lose. So if you so go I, to... I, I got to stop like, you real quick. Okay, that's pretty cool. In all of my time running track, I never ever, and I've always liked cars, I never ever thought I would use foot pounds for how much force I'm exerting in the ground. When I jump, no. that's cool. <laughs> no, I mean, but it, it's a fact, right? So if you know that if you you can feel it in your foot, like from me in wrestling, like I know if my shot was good, by the way, the weight on my heel to my toes transferred that short little bit of distance was right or not. Mm-hmm. So I could only imagine you being on a starter block if you don't get the push that you need things can happen badly. So if you go into these events and knowing that, oh, I don't want to do this or oh, I'm scared of this, you know, you're never going to win. You're never going to see. You're never going to be able to accomplish what you want. Yeah. So like this year is I need to get kind of out of that bubble of just being like the safe guy that everyone knows. Oh, you know, he will give me the room. He will, you know, I won't challenge him this. I won't challenge him that. So I will sacrifice you know the couple tenths off the lap time to give that person the extra room instead of pushing the envelope Uh well like i want to win too right and you want to win and you know i i was talking to davy and davy tried to make the same pass that i tried to make and i told him i was like you know what i was a little ahead of you on that turn so i had the right away if you're going to pass you know, the person who's making the pass controls the pass, right? Right. So what happened with me is I was fender to fender. I had the run. Like, I had the whole line. I had everything. And it was up to the person if they were going to give me the room or not or run me off. And it just happened to be. And, like, I was cool with it. It's a racing incident. Nothing happened. Nothing. Nobody was hurt. You know, I learned my lesson. You know, I, I tried something, right? It just didn't come out to my favor, which I'm totally cool with. And the same thing happened with yeah. Davey. And, you know, Davey tried to do the same thing. And I, I told him, I was like, dude, you're faster than me. You know, you've always been faster than me. I had the better run on you. I just wasn't going to let you pass in that turn because, you know, last year, yes, I would let you pass me. I would have gave you the room. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't be mad about that. But other than that, man, it was a, it was a great weekend. I don't think... 
like any of our minor issues like affected us on how we ran besides uh, you getting a little loose in the mini bowl and uh, <laughs> if you uh, want to put that magnet on your bumper on your back bumper and I didn't have the magnet on my front bumper uh-huh. uh, <laughs> you know you know next time if you just reverse the polarity on on the magnet it'll push and not not attract I'm just saying exactly. you know magnets exactly. have two sides just saying <laughs> you can flip it and you don't have to tag me. Just saying. Every magnet no. has two sides. <laughs> yeah, and, and that heat, and I, like, I came back to the, the pits, and Dad's like, hey, what are you so mad about? Like, why are you upset? I'm like, yeah, I did something dumb. <laughs> and it happened to be, you know, my best friend, and I wrecked him out. And so, he was, like, P3. It was I, stupid. Yeah, it's it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, the point was I was never going to, like, hold that spot. I knew I was just going to go backwards. I guess, all right, so let's let's jump into heat one first. So um, practice was cool. Practice was a wash for me um, because I was just trying to figure out gearing, if the gearing I selected was right. And then I, I took the Prius, so I took the open trailer, and I strapped my tires down with um, my tire straps over the, the surface of the tire onto the the open trailer so i had it really buckled down hard because i didn't want to get loose and i kind of dug in a little bit so first session was just kind of you know warm it up and just you know clean up the surface of the tire sort of deal um and i think i ran like 44 zero or something like that so i was like okay i'm a little slow right now um then next practice i went right back to like 43 eight or something but i was topping out so I was like, okay, good. Well, I'm running out of gear. I got to drop down to um, a 59 from a 60 rear sprocket. Because for some reason, I guess going to Ocala so much and the Maxis race being the last race, I thought we had qualifying after practice. I forgot we go straight into heat one, heat two, and then final. Um, because yeah, we just... we're the only one that does it that way. It's yeah. I don't get it, but. I mean, so I was like. I'm just gonna keep the you know the taller gear in the backs. I'm gonna run out early, but it's just me alone. I don't have to draft anyone in qualifying, so I'll be okay. So once I realized, oh wait, no, I guess I changed gearing, and I thought I would go faster, but I don't know. All day, I think I ran 43.7, all day, and so I mean after watching like Matt Mays' video all week from his 2015 video the one the one I looked up and told you the lap time I, he did a 42.5 in 2015 in that configuration so my goal was to get like low 43 or something if I could cuz like no way yeah, no he turned way. a 42.7 by himself and he won by 5 seconds Matt Mays I know you wanted a shout out on this podcast um but yeah next time that happens we're cutting the seal on that motor I don't care if caps did or not um <laughs> No, like yeah. cut the no, seal, he, man. He, He's getting the DQ. Yeah, yeah, Matt. Matt's a good guy, and I got to like really spend some time with him after the race and talk with him. And you know, if you don't, if you kind of just like see him from the outside, it looks like he's a you know pretty hard shell guy. But no, I mean he's a really cool dude, and he even admitted he goes, you know, my car just was on rails today. It was the first time ever it's been on rails, and then I asked what to do. How did you not? They have that coyote fade that, you know, everyone quote unquote talks about unless you're, you know, like Shaw, a Shaw Meyer or a Corey. And the first thing he said was, it's because of Ron Tolls. I was like, 
see now here we go all right um (laughs) this is this is a really good news um but it's also really sad news because ah man you know that that front of the mid pack and you know we thought yeah we we can get there and i i think even this past weekend alone i know we're missing a few people but we can totally run up there i mean if i had done a couple of things right i could have been running you know 43 fives i looked at the data and my optimal was a 42.9 so i just couldn't put it together which is fine yeah but that back of the front pack you know like matt mace is squarely with that front pack you know whether he's in the middle of that front pack or the back of the front pack if if Matt is like gonna start running away, the guy is already uncatchable. <laughs> yeah, and now was, Ron is like stupid. helping him run even further away. That just makes my floating target, you know, drift further and further away, man. I mean, yeah, oh, that that hurts. Oh. And then on top of that, if you look at it, you know, not only did he help out, you know, Matt from the Maxis race, uh, but Evan, Evan Cohen, who just got a Comet Eagle, never been on it. Trying out the Maxis with the 6.0s, brand new tires. The dude was two tenths off of Matt. I mean, with yeah. the CIK compared to Gold Cup. And it was like, God dang, you know. What do we got to do? You know, why are people so fast? It's like, we were, you know, come we were on. Sitting on the Seriously, grid. guys? I think we were sitting in the grid going out for, for either Heat 1 or Practice 2. I can't remember which one. And, you know, uh, Evan and his dad, Todd, was down there and I forgot what he said. Um, he said something like, oh, yeah, we don't know. We're going to try and figure this out. I'm like, what? This kid used to run with Corey and them's like nobody's business. What figuring out? He's just going to disappear in a minute. I mean, don't even make me feel like I have a chance to roll with him. But uh, he was so happy like, with the Eagle. And, I mean, I'm I'm glad. And he's one of those who really wanted the CIK because that's one of the first things uh, Todd said in the morning was like, are we running CIK separate? I'm like, we we want to, but I don't think we got yeah, going enough to now. approval. So, yeah, man, he's he's. Can you believe this? Todd has been at 103rd for I'm guessing as long as anyone else, sort of 10, 15 years, and he's never ever run a CIK um, before. That's yeah, insane, I mean, right? Evan, Evan's fast. Like, and I followed him, and I think practice number two, and. Like you could tell his hands were too fast, and we were like standing the like the food truck line, right? And I was like, Evan, just slow your hands down a little bit. You know that car's a little bit out of control. And he's like, dude, it's just so fast. You know, it's, and I'm like, just just slow the hands down. It's, it's gonna come in time. But for him to just be able to adapt that fast, right? And to be able to run those times, um, you know, he was running right there with Kalen, and to me, Kalen, he's one of the, you know, kind of elite drivers here at 130 has been racing all his life. Um, like, and I'd say it all the time. Like, I still don't understand how he's on an inch and a quarter axle and being able to run those times. He does. I, I just don't get it. In a, uh, in a, in a 2000 bandit. Well, actually I think it's a 2004 bandit. Yeah, I, I, YTK. I, I still, you know? Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody understands like how he's doing it, but, but it's freaking good. You know, it's and then for him to, yeah, to be able to run with him. And Caitlin's fast, and no matter what configura- configuration we run, um, there's never one that he's just, like, in the back of the pack because he can't figure it out. So, right. um, you know, for, you know, Evan to be running right with him and, 
So there he finished. I think he finished second in the feature with the CIK body, you know, racing against Gold Cup. So he, he, I think Evan was running like 42 nines and Matt Mace was the 42 seven. It, it goes to show, yes, you know, the CIKs can be fast too at 103rd. And that was just, you know, perfect for me. So when I saw all this happening, I'm like, okay, I. We, we have to make this deal work. This just has to be. And, you know, talking to Todd um, Taco and Eva's dad, and he's like, dude, we, you know, we just got to get a CIK thing going. And you know what? It's time to pull the trigger. Let's do it. And we're doing it. Let's do it. No, that's that's awesome, man. I mean, it was it was a good good weekend. Um, really a good day. Uh, I just pulled up the final results. Uh, I, I had told Jim to, to make sure we, we upload to... To speed hive my laps so that it's it's online on the speed hive website because that's another thing that you know we don't we don't do today right but hey transponders worked timing and scoring worked that's a huge jump up and um we made the announcement uh, at the track i heard it hey keep your keep your transponder number for whatever you rented so it's in the system yep um you know that's that's a good start i mean kudos for the initiative there's an even better way to do that um, just from obviously working timing and scoring with with NASA and, and big cars. I mean, there is a timing upload you can do before. I mean, there's a database that's associated with all of this. If you punch it in once, it's in there in my laps. As soon as they show up, we, we can figure that out. That's all easy stuff. So, you know, it's in my mind when I get back from Ghana to see if I can actually help with that piece. Because, yeah, if somebody shows up, they're not going to remember what transponder number they used last time. But there's an yeah. easy database correlation that we can do right away. I mean, it's Orbit is amazing for that, the timing software. So, yeah, I had um, a good conversation cool. with Jim with that today, and I mean, I know you're the technical guru, you know, kind of in our group, and everything he was saying, like I don't know how to answer those questions uh, because I just don't have this, I guess, the, the skills to do it, or the confidence to say, oh yeah, we can do this, we can do that. But everything he was saying is like, okay, Jim. We might have a fix for this. Just give me some time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but with that being a recap, I think you brought up a uh, really good topic on uh, on our cart handling issues uh, on our practice run. And yeah. the, the topic was, are we able to feel what the cart is doing besides understeer and oversteer? And what is understeer or oversteer in a cart? Yeah, let me so. let me set it up. Let me set it up a little bit more. So, um, last year, I had, I mean, a, and it wasn't always. It was at Ocala, and it was mostly in, you know, high speed transitions or quick transitions. Let's just say. So, if you are familiar with Ocala, they have the what's the final called current a uh, final turn called again? Uh, showcase. showcase. Especially in the showcase, I mean, it's a 180, but it's flat out 180 at somewhere around 40, 45 miles an hour. Like you're pegged flat out. And my cart has this tendency to go into the corner and it's perfectly neutral when I pitch it in. I don't have to force, I don't have understeer, but somewhere in the middle of the corner, it just decides to go snap oversteer. And so we tried a few things. Barry was instrumental in helping me make adjustments at the track that settled it down a little bit. But it was one of those where I didn't have understeer at the entry of the corner. 
and I didn't have oversteer at the entry of the corner. At the in the middle of the corner, I had this just snap oversteer, but it wasn't like my cart was just oversteering, you know, everywhere, right? So it was just weird, um, just trying to figure that out. And the one of the first things I needed to do was, you know, adjust my seat. My seat was a little bit high, so we we lowered my seat a little bit. And there's a lot more I could lower it, but I just wanted to make a small change um, to something I was comfortable with because we were we didn't want to have to hack up hack up new washers and everything. We just used what I had and lowered it to be flush with the frame, um, and then. I still need to corner balance it and everything. But as we tested before this race, one of the things I wanted to pay attention to was when is my cart getting loose? And every book and every manual and everything I have talks about two things. The cart is loose on corner entry, which is oversteer, or the cart is loose on corner exit which is also oversteer. Those are two different types of oversteer, but you either oversteer on entry or oversteer on exit. And the truth is, I could easily tell you that in my car because the corners are so long and I know yep. when I'm correcting. In the exactly. cart... Yep. <laughs> no, no, like, cart, you, you however... keep going. I had the same conversation with that. Keep going. I like it. You know, but in the cart... That thing is happening so fast. I mean, it's just. I, I'm like, wait, so was it shorter? Am I correcting because I'm oversteering on entry, or am I correcting because I'm at the exit? That thing comes so fast. So, like, I had to put, go to video. Video is the only way I will be able to come back. Because that's the other thing, right? We talk about the track slowing down. The track slows down in the sense that. I don't have to worry about catching the cart. I mean, I'll catch the cart any day. I mean, your dad, you know, talked about it. Pops, I know. I'm going to listen. I'm going to try it. I love driving loose stuff. Yes. My favorite moment of all is showing everybody the thing I love to do the most. Going into Road Atlanta, turn one, bam, 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 118 miles an hour. Oh, it's, it's boom. Turn. Pitch it into corner, and I will drift all the way up the hill in turn one at Road Atlanta. No cares given. I mean, flat to the ground. It doesn't matter if I'm facing a concrete wall. I will keep yeah. it flat. I love. But if doing it wasn't that. on an incline, it would be a whole different story. Right. Exactly. Yeah, go that, ahead. Exactly. It goes <laughs> turn one uphill. at Road Atlanta is probably the funnest turn. Yeah. Um, you know, it goes uphill. It's not bad. I know exactly what to expect. I know where I'm going to hit, even if it feels like I'm pushing out. It's not a ton of camber, but it's a little bit of camber there. And then the uphill always compresses your cart so you get more grip. I'm used to that. That's easy at 100 miles an hour to do that. Yep. I, you know, I dab the brake, come down to 95, go right back to power. So 95, 94, when I'm slow, 89 miles an hour. No problem. But Ooh, in man, the cart, I, I beat you on that. Well, yeah, I know. Again, I'm saying when I'm slow, I'm slow. Some days you're slow, man. <laughs> Don't forget that. My but, top speed was 109 at at Road Atlanta, and my turn one um, lowest speed was 104. Yeah, but you're in a front wheel drive. Your foot is pegged. You're not sideways. <laughs> Chill out. Let's get back to the car. On 13 by 7, cantilever tires on Hooters. <laughs> yep, yep. So here's the deal, though. In the cart, it comes so fast it's ridiculous that I fast. honestly can't tell you other than the fact that I caught it for a lot longer on exit, so it means that I was oversteering on exit. But who knows if I started correcting, 
on entry and I just dragged it all the way through the middle and all the way to exit. I exactly. can't tell you. I can't tell yeah. you. So that's really I where this a, is coming from. I can't feel yeah. the difference between oversteer on entry or oversteer on exit. And I need a better way to figure that out. Yeah, I was sitting at Famous Amos on San Jose Boulevard with Dad. And I was telling him about, you know, understeer and oversteer in the cart. And he goes, well, how do you not know a difference? And I'm like, Dad, so your radius of your turn is way sharper in a cart than it is in a car, right? So you're going faster in the turn in a cart that you will be in a car. And right now with, you know, my fat ass, I am 388 pounds with weight transfer. In a car, you're, you know, 2,800, 2,500, 2,200, you know, 3,800, whatever class you're running in. All that weight transfer, you can understand, you know, understand oversteer faster than, or it's not as fast in a car as it is in a cart. So the only way I've seen it is you have to look at the video on, you know, your steering wheel. Are you, you know, if you're turning your steering wheel on a cart and you're at, you know, three o'clock or or nine o'clock or, you know, almost two or ten in a cart, depending on which way you're turning... Yeah, you most likely might have an understeer issue with brand new tires. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I was like, all these things just adding up in my mind of all the experiences we've had near the last year or so is, okay, you know, how do I figure this out? Like, what do I need to do? Like, and one lesson I learned, you know, this weekend, um, you just opened up a beer? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Awesome. Cheers. Um, Cheers. Like, one thing I I was talking with Ron today um, is, you know, me, you, and Kevin ran within, like, two-tenths of a second um, for our fastest lap, right? Yeah. So, Kevin ran 390 with Gold Cup. I ran 390 with CIK. You were 360 with CIK. And we all ran different gearing combinations. Like, and none of them were like, we were really close. And so my minimum RPM was like 37.75. I think yours was like 30, what, 36.50? I went back and looked without, yeah, 36.50 without the, the RPM bounce. Because when then, I bounce off the limiter, it bounces so much that uh, it was showing 3,000 when we we're looking at the track. But I pulled it up, it was 36.50. And then Kevin was like 34.50, 35.50, somewhere in there. And so I was telling him, it's like, dude, like, Ron, like, I ain't, like, I felt like I was going so fast through the mini bowl, which is our tightest turn. And I was like, you know, 37.50, 3,800 RPM. And he goes, your clutch is slipping. I said, well, how do you know that? Like, you, you haven't even seen my data. And he goes, it should never be that high going through that turn. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Like I in my head, I'm like, no, I I, I purposely you worked on that it. turn. You were on rails. Yeah, like on my in my mind, <laughs> in my mind at the time, I'm like, damn you, Ron. In my mind at the time, I'm like, no, I hit this turn perfect. I was fastest. I was everything. And then listening to what Dad was saying is, I mean, it was the fastest one through the turn through that turn. Like he caught everybody. Right. So I went and looked at your dad. I'm like, no, you're slower than that turn. And then Kevin. When he was following me, he's like, dude, I ate you through the mini bowl. And I'm like, shut up, dude. I was so much faster than you. It's crazy, dude. Look at RPM. 
It's like, all these things are going through my mind. I'm like, God dang, Ron, I can't stand you. But <laughs> that, like, he's just so cool. And like that's the, like, that's the thing about him. It's just like, you know, he will tell you straight up. It's like, dude, your clutch is slipping. So now after the race, you know, a couple of days later, it makes more sense in the world. You know, it makes more sense to me. It's like, okay, I thought I was going really fast because I was eating a lot of people up in that turn. But, you know, the numbers didn't make sense. And I make sure, like, I have my wire, the wire tight and everything. I put in extra loops through the spark, you know, through the wire t- um, to make sure, like, I get the best reason I can. It just, it made sense. And I'm like, okay, my clutch is slipping. But I did not mm-hmm. feel it because at the time, you know, you know, your heart's pumping, your your mind's in, like, you're, you're looking at your apexes, you're looking at everything, and that's why, like, I was talking to you about it, and it makes sense now afterwards, uh, talking to you about it, I was like, dude, I feel like I was so fast with the mini bowl, and you're like, well, were you hitting your apexes right, were you doing this right, were you doing that right, and I'm like, dude, look at my RPMs, <laughs> and Ron's like, dude, you can't look at the RPMs, you know, you gotta look at your split times, your split times will tell you if your clutch is slipping or not. And I'm like, ah, oh, you son of a bee. Now I have to like, go look at more data, the more data, the more data. Ron, just make this easy. <laughs> Ron just needs to drive the cart for us. And just, yeah, like, just... That's it. That's it. Like, Ron just needs to drive for me, yeah. period. But, Corey, uh... <laughs> let, let me find a way to like get Audi to sponsor you that you we can put in the data for what Audi does to put it into the <laughs> go kart. So all I have to do is sit my fat butt behind, in the seat and just duplicate what you have to do and act like I'm driving the steering wheel when I'm not. Like it'll be perfect. <laughs> I can win now almost every time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I guess I should say this: there are lots of people in our group who can help us figure out these problems, right? It's not like we don't have people to go to, but the challenge is, and I know not everyone has this problem, but we say we're happy to admit our challenges because this thing is, you know, we we know how to navigate around the track. It's just karting is a whole nother beast. And kids who start in karting... Kids who start in karting can do really, really well when they get into a car. But if you're coming backwards, I think I was reading a car and driver... Uh, magazine um, article someday but you know if you come from cars to carts you could be surprised that it's such a challenge and it shouldn't be some people just have it they have that natural ability if they have started in carts that have been really good i'm i'm not that guy like i have to put in work to be in the mid pack you know and then even more work to be you know the back of the front pack and for me this is difficult so i had the um your chassis track book. It's on the Comet Cart Sales website. Uh, it's the best resource I've had for this Comet Eagle. It's literally like a book written for the Comet Eagle. It's an encyclopedia um, so, on how that card handles, no matter what yeah. weight you are. My dad studies yeah. it all the time. Exactly. So if you have a Comet Eagle um, or a cart that is very similar to it, um, I know there are a few, uh, The your chassis track book is a really good resource to keep if you want to book just for carding, setup, and tuning, that sort of thing. It has, like, um, gear ratios and stuff in the back. There's lots of cool stuff in here. It's a very affordable book, too. It's less than 20 bucks, I think. I don't remember how much I paid for it. But the part that I have been really, really paying attention to is trap tuning and then Chapter 6, which is handling problems. Because it says if you have corner entry problems, 
Adjustments are usually made to the front of the cart. If you have corner exit problems, adjustments are usually made to the rear of the cart. Well, the one thing you and I got really good at last year was making adjustments to the rear of the cart. And I know how to make adjustments to balance out whatever I need to feel as it relates to the oversteer in the rear, if that's where it's at. So this is where the challenge came. Going through the sweeper in the reverse configuration, full speed, bouncing off the limiter. So we looked at the data. Um, when I went to the 59, I was getting to 56.7 miles an hour. So 56.7 miles an hour, full speed, never lifting and pitching into a high speed sweeper and finding myself going like 17, 18 degrees of opposite lock, right? Through the sweeper. I mean, not cool, <laughs> but is it happening at the exit of that long sweeper? I couldn't tell you. So I've got to spend time figuring out if I have some understeer and oversteer at the same time in that it's understeer, understeer, that's why I keep applying input. And then all of a sudden it just bites and then just goes a snap oversteer. And I need to make the right adjustments with the adjustments in the front, adjustments in the rear. I typically need to adjust the rear, but I haven't adjusted the front. But it's really important to be able to know and feel what the cart is doing. And that's something that I don't know. I don't know what my cart is doing entirely. And so it sucks a little bit, just just a little bit. But <laughs> oh, Well, it, that could kind of go back to the argument that we always, you know, kind of say is if you drive a cart that's faster, like maybe a two cycle with the KA100 or an X30, and then you hop into a two or six and things slow down, maybe you can understand it. But right yeah. now we, we only have one comparison and that's a two or six, right? Yeah. So in saying that, like you are a three sixty class with a crap ton of weight. I am a three ninety class with no weight. So like our our chassis setups are the same, right? Our our pills are the same, everything on our cars are the same, just the weight difference in the, in the way it transfers and our drive styles are different so like when it comes to stuff like that it's, it's kind of like okay well this is what i do well in my car it won't do that you yeah. know just like the way everything is and I mean, that's a challenge like is the sweeper going the opposite direction that we went in people don't you know it's kind of hard to realize that there's a whole bunch of bumps at high speeds in a cart going that fast and, you know, luckily, it's, you know, not an off-camber turn. Right. So, Barry brought up a, a very good point to me, or actually to both of us. Um, when we were practicing one day, he's like, hey, before you get into the sweeper, go in the opposite direction, go half-track to, like, a quarter-track up towards the inside. Yeah. Lift, make sure the car settles, and then... You know, you have all the grip that you need all the way through. And I did that every single time. But one time I got challenged on somebody who was trying to pass me on the inside. Or I just, like, you know, just tried to see, wait a minute. Let me follow somebody. You know, number one rule, don't follow the person in front of you, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I did no, that. Follow them, just don't do what they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn you, Kevin. You passed me. And I followed Kevin, and Kevin likes to take the high side going into the to the sweeper. And so I was like, all right, I'll follow him, keep the draft. And, dude, my cart was 
so unhappy. I hit all those bumps. I'm like, this sucks. I'll never do this again. Kevin, you can keep the position. I'll see you coming out of turn two. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, no, it was... It, it, carding is not simple. People who think that carding is simple, you have something coming from... You know, you have something else coming at you. Because it is not. There's too many variables. It takes too many minds. If you think that you can figure it out all by yourself... Sorry, dude, you're ignorant to <laughs> the sport. Wow, I'm not tell trying to like it is, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you I mean, need help. Like everybody needs help, and if you refuse to have help, then you know that's on you. You'll yeah, never be sure. fast. So I guess with this, we're welcoming the help, right? I mean, hit us up, send a message, uh, respond to, uh, add a comment anywhere. Um, what have you done to help you understand exactly? what your card is doing. Like you may have a, a tip or trick or something, um, something as simple as, you know, if I see my hands turn before I hit, you know, like the, you know, second half of the corner, then I know like I did this or I take a, you know, a tape measure and put it on my screen if I'm watching my video to a certain angle. And if I went beyond that, I, I mean, whatever your crazy trick is, um, Please yeah, that, that picture that you took um, of yourself when you were at opposite lock before the, you even went into the turn, <laughs> I think that would be like, no, just, just seriously, I think it would be a very good picture to put on um, Cardi Dad's Facebook page yeah. to show you that what understeer looks like, but you don't realize it because it's just coming that fast. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, and then the other thing I want to challenge everyone is... The other part, like, go back and watch some of your video of, you know, races you had where you thought, man, I was just loose everywhere. And try and actually figure out if you just drove around the problem or you thought you fixed it with the change you made. Because if your cart was loose on exit, the changes you make to correct that are actually different from the changes you make to correct, you know, a, a cart that's loose on entry. And sometimes you may be so far off, like with your setup already, that you know it really doesn't matter. You make one change and it helps a little bit, even though you know it's like you are so far out of the that if you want to assign you know a sign curve, you are so far out in the other part of the sign curve that you're still on the outside, but you finally brought it in right into that range. You were so far away that it seemed to help, but um, for me. This was like a really crazy weekend going back and watching everybody's video. Like Kaylin, thanks for sharing your onboard video. Kaylin's card yeah, is all hooked the up, time. Hooked up. Never had to like, you know, catch anything going through the miss any other corners. I mean, it is just smooth sailing. His hands are in the same spot. Same thing with Matt May's video from 2015. Their carts are hooked up. And for some reason, this idiot over here thinks I want to be like a new carpenter. I'm just sawing away like it's nobody's business. And it's not like I, I'm actively doing it. It's just I'm just slowly applying input and all of a sudden it's like, wow, what we got going on here. So uh, yeah, I'll post that picture and I'm actually going to see if I can edit some of the video from this weekend. Um, I did not record the final, which is silly, but Oh, well, uh, I have enough in there to show some of the, the silliness that I was uh, 
I was uh, facing on track. So if I can get that out there, including your um, your nice attempt at a pass, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll put all that up there uh, in a couple I of weeks. I played but... the fifth. <laughs> sure, man. Anyway, um, that's that's really it on on that subject, man. I was <clears throat> sorry. I was uh, I was a little bit bummed um, that at the end of the day, I was really hoping I'd be able to like tell as it was happening, but I couldn't tell as it was happening. And then, you know, the other thing I really wanted to feel was something I had read, which is called bicycling. And I, I mean, reading the term makes it more complicated, but it's really just about that inside wheel, right? When are you lifting that inside wheel? When are you dropping that, you know, inside, you know, rear wheel? It's just, it's so important to feel Yep, I picked it up here. I set it down here. You know, just and I can't feel any of those because everything mm. is sadly just just not slowing down enough for me in that specific. Uh, I have no idea how I'll ever be able to figure that out without putting like a video camera on that wheel. Yeah, and then just be like, okay, that's what it, that's what it looks like. That's what it's not. You know, that's what it feel like. That's what it's not. And the the people who can do this, you know, your your elite cart carding drivers they're just it's on a whole different level it's just not because they can just hop in on any cart and just drive it and be fast no they understand it like there's a whole different theory of racing carts compared to cars on the little bit of way that's getting transferred one you know that uh inside uh wheels lifting when it's not you know you take a a uh, guy who is stupid fast in the X30, right? And you put him in a KT100, and all of a sudden he's really slow. So right. is he fast because he's in the X30, or is he slow because he doesn't know how to figure out the carding, the you know, adjustments the you car need to make, right? Because it's all right? about so the like, adjustments you make, right? And you make adjustments on the day based on what you feel. And that's what's important. Um, yeah, horsepower can hide a lot of stuff. We, we, right. We've seen that in NASA, right? We've seen drivers who you know, went from DE cars and, say, E30s to all of a sudden you know, driving Z06s who are stupid fast in time trials. But when they get in a race, it's all of a sudden, oh, yeah, it's not so much. you know. But mm-hmm. it, it just goes down to, like, horsepower can hide a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think that's that's a good spot to to put it. We, you know, I don't have uh, I don't have an answer today. Um, <laughs> I I don't know when I'll have an answer. We have about eighteen hours of flight plus to think about it for the next uh, week. <laughs> yeah, or no, so. I will not be I will not be thinking all about this. I will drive myself insane. Um, but yeah, I, I I really do want to to get um, some feedback. Um, you know, some people may be like us. They just haven't figured it out. Others, maybe they started off like us and somehow, you know, they were able to figure it out. And I will put this out there. Like, I'm happy to, to once again, I'm not trying to act like I know something when I don't know it. And I may know more than I'm letting on, to be honest. But the truth is, I am still confused. And in a day, I think I got it. And then the next moment, the thing I, the thing I thought I know doesn't work. And so that tells me I don't know it. And so that's why I'm putting it out there in this way. Maybe it may seem a bit, you know, straightforward. Like, well, what do you mean you don't know oversteer and understeer? I know what oversteer and understeer are. I just can't tell you by driving 
all the timing consistently that I have oversteer on entry or oversteer on exit in certain corners. And if you've ever felt that way, have you been able to figure it out? Or do you just make adjustments that, oh, I just go to my book and I, you know, all my setup notes and I go, well, last time I felt this, this is what I did and it worked. And if that's the case, that's cool. Cause I can do that, right? I can just have Ron tell me, try this one and I'll try it and it'll make a big difference. And I say, like, Ron, that absolutely helped because Ron does that for me all the time. You know, I tell him, I, I, I do this and he says, well, try this and I'll try it. like, eh, it helped, but I can't really feel it. And then he'll make a massive change and I can feel that change. Like, oh yeah, that was a massive change. I can just go back and record that down and go to it and every time I feel that, I make that massive change. And I understand what he told me but I didn't really feel it, you know what I mean? And that's what I want to get to. I want to get to the point where I can feel it as it's happening. So, I don't know, maybe it's a tall order. I may never get that, you know, that wish. Um, I may have to, to wait till I, I'm dead or, or uh, maybe find a genie <laughs> to give me that <laughs> magic trick. But uh, anyway, that's, that's really what, what this show for me was about, seeing if we can get some help from, you know, the carding community on... Uh, how they feel all the changes that that you know the cart is undergoing through a corner specifically through a corner and pick like your toughest corner um when you think about this not just the corner you know you got down it's got to be one corner that you struggle with can you feel everything that's happening there like a, a push is a push like you know you're pushing sometimes it's bad to front tires they're worn down sometimes it's just you know your setup is completely off that's easy but when you can't tell the difference between Am I am I pushing on entry or pushing on exit? Or am I oversteered on entry, oversteered on exit? That's what I want to know about. So anyway, that's my little um yeah, getting off my perch. <laughs> no, that, that that that's a good point, dude. That that's a perfect soapbox exit to this podcast because I mean it is a true fact that you know everybody has their turns that they struggle with. You know, everybody has the cart they struggle with. You don't you know, your car's never going to be the same, you know, every single day. You know, the chassis bends, the metal gets weak, or the tire pressures don't, you know, build up as fast as you want them to because of the temperature. It was just so, oh, I didn't even want to get on the subject this whole different day. But, no, you ended it perfect. So, no, my thoughts, awesome. uh, my thoughts on this, dude, is, you know, it was great talking to you again. Um. Uh, Glad we can do another podcast, dude. Please be safe. You know, flying out to Ghana. Uh, your your pops, which we always call my pop, but your pops has won all kind of accolades over there. And I hope you get to go over there and enjoy it. And you know, just you know, see the fruits of the labor, man. And dude, I'm stoked. Like I can't wait to see pictures and everything. Like I'm, I'm so excited. I've already told you this a hundred <laughs> times. Like I can't wait to see the farms and everything. And so. No, man. Yeah, no, I, 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 I can't remember. So. Somebody was joking, like, they wanted to see me, actually, it might have been you, they actually wanted to see me, like, in the farms doing, doing labor. Um, yeah, that was, that was dad, and I think I, I hopped in on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, your joke might be actually on point, man. <laughs> but I'm only there for five days. It's like a full agenda of stuff that's, that's planned and... Yeah, it's um, gonna be stressful. My dad won, man. My dad I feel, won district I feel farmer, um, so think of like a state farmer award, something like that. But um, so no, it's yeah, cool. Gotta, if you, go, if you go on Google, if you Google Baco Farmer of the Year, B A A K O, 
on Google, Farmer of the Year. I'm just doing it because I've already done it. Yeah, you oh, will see snap. that. Yeah. I had I hadn't done it yet. Oh my yeah. god, let me do it right now. It, it, it's legit. So like, it, it's really cool, and you know, you're lucky, man. And it, oh, sweet, cool. yeah, man, that's sweet. My dad is it, uh, sweet. I didn't know that. Uh, top spot, man. ModernGhana.com. That's cool. Um, I didn't even know that. So, yeah, man, um, I'm I'm happy to go check that out. And um, it's a full agenda. I will probably take very few pictures, which sucks because that's me. I've traveled a lot in my life, and I never take pictures. But, I don't ever um, take pictures either. So my, my yeah, wife is right. gonna my wife is gonna make me take a lot of pictures because she's not going with me this one. So um, she's gonna be my. I'll be texting. My U.S. number works in Ghana just the same. I know, poor third world country, but somehow technology works. <laughs> so um, I'll be, I'll still be texting you and her and sending pictures and stuff. So it's going to be great. But um, yeah, man. So uh, yeah, dude, travel safe, uh, guys. Uh, please, please continue to give us feedback. I know it was a couple weeks or maybe a month or so since we did our um, podcast for the last one on you know through the holidays, but. No, we haven't forgot about you guys. We really appreciate everything um, that you say and all your responses. So yeah, like this year, you know, we keep evolving in a podcast. That you know, if you guys want to hear something or want to explain something, you know, please just let us know. We're definitely open to criticism. All right, man. Well, you guys take it easy and uh, be safe, Cardi, and enjoy it, man. We'll see you. Peace out.